Market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. G'day Fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer here in Australia. And I'm here with our second ever in our brand new series, Motley Fool Stock of the Week. Thank you to those of you who listened and watched last week. We had a fantastic reaction. Uh, lots of people listen to the podcast, watch the YouTube feed. Um, thank you very much for taking the time and, and giving it a, a view. So we're back for a second week. We figure it worked okay the first time around. So we'll come back and do it again. Um, now, again, as I said last week, three quick things. The first thing I want you to know is we're long-term investors. This is our stock of the week, but this is not just for this week. It's not just for this month. It's not even just for this year. We are long-term investors, ideally with a three-plus year time horizon, preferably five. These are long-term recommendations. Second, these are by recommendations at the time of recording. We don't intend to change them anytime soon, but if you're watching this video three, six, nine, 12 months down the track, anything could have happened. Probably hasn't, by the way. Most of our recommendations are buys or holds for very long periods of time, but as I said, it was a buy at the time of the recommendation. And thirdly, as always, anything The Motley Fool does, we're not giving you personal financial advice. This is just general advice. And so please make sure it suits your personal circumstances. Right, all that out of the way. Let's get straight into our second stock of the week. In fact, we liked him so much last week, we're inviting back Kevin Gandia, the Motley Fool's Director of Research here in Australia. G'day, Kevin. How are you, mate? Scott, I'm doing great. You're very generous. Thanks for having me back. Oh, mate, <laughs> mate you make me look good, so I'm going to have you back as often as I can, mate, although we will share it amongst the full team. So you'll be here every week, but I figure you'll be a pretty, a pretty common uh, appearance on Stock of the Week. All right, let's unveil. Let's do the big unveil, although we do occasionally put it in the subject line, so maybe our viewers already know, but... What is this week's Motley Fool Stock of the Week? Scott, I'm going to do something you may not like too much. I'm going to talk about <laughs> buzzwords today. Oh, no. The buzzword today is FinTech Mate. Oh, and fintech, the company right. that's leading the charge in this space that I really like is NetWealth. The ticker there is NWL. It trades on the ASX. And yeah, mate, I know you don't like buzzwords, but fintech is an interesting one. It's that cross between financial services and technology. We know financial services is very important. Uh, banks are very important in this economy. Um, but technology is really that innovative, disruptive space that helps us, uh, businesses just become more efficient and operate better. And that's exactly what NetWealth does. Um, it provides a platform to help you manage your investments, whether that's, um, within your super or SMSF or just outside of that. So, um, it also helps uh, uh, financial advisors who manage many different uh, customers and clients just to manage this, those different investments for, the, for those customers on that one single platform. So that's what Net, NetWealth does. Very good, mate. You're right. Last week, I think you had a go at me for my age. Now you tell me I don't like buzzwords. Our viewers are getting, a, listeners are getting a very clear sense that I'm obviously old and out of touch, but I'll let you get away with that one just for this week. Mate, um, let, let's go back into NetWealth though. You mentioned FinTech. You mentioned SMSFs and Super. That's a big area. Financial advisors is huge. Um, there's a heap of disruption going on, and I guess um, you guys, particularly you run the service Motley Fool Extreme Opportunities, as well as others, and as well as being a director of research, you're a busy man. Um, you are looking for businesses that are disrupting, that are growing, that are taking over a new space. So you mentioned a little bit about what Wealth does. Maybe you could just tell us how it does it. What, what, is, what does Wealth actually give or provide the customer, whether that be an individual or a financial advisor? And then roll quickly into why we like NetWealth. What is it about NetWealth and what's going on there? 
that's drawn your attention? Yeah, so, so 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 that's interesting. I think you know when we look at um, this platform space, that's exactly where NetWealth uh, is. So the platform space is is it's it's pretty simple, right? Um, when you've got investments, you need somewhere to manage them. Um, you need to be able to calculate those returns. You need to be able to get your tax information from there. Um, and if it's within a, a structure that's regulated, like a super fund, um, you also need to be able to um, you know just be able to comply with all the regulations there, and you able you need to be able to buy the shares and um, trade the shares and all those sort of things. Um, technology really becomes important in that. Um, you want to be able to be very efficient in managing that. So that's what NetWorld does. And when you think about disruption, it's a very good point on disruption because one of the key things that's been happening in this space is that we've had a royal commission on, on our, our big banks. And typically when people hear royal commission, it's um, um, it, it's not a great thing to hear. It sounds like it's, it's actually a bad thing for a company, but this is one of those companies that's actually been benefiting from that Royal Commission. Um, and the reason is because it's an independent platform provider, so it doesn't um, have the conflicts of interest that uh, some of the bigger uh, banks have had um, in, in that space. So we're actually seeing um, some of the banks move away from that space. Um, they're losing competitiveness in that space. And the independent platform providers, such as NetWealth, are the ones that are really leading the charge in that space. Now, Matt, you mentioned providers plural. I'm glad you did because NetWealth aren't alone here. These are not the only guys providing that new technology-driven, disruptive, independent voice, face platform in the market. There's NetWealth. There's probably at least two or three others I can think of. I won't embarrass myself by trying to remember them and name them, but I can think of at least a couple more. Um, what, what is it about NetWealth in this particular space that you like in particular? Yes. So, so the main thing is that, for example, um, the, the first thing is that its platform has actually been rated one of the best on the market. So it's got really good technology. And when you look at its financials, they're actually investing a lot into the technology. So it just has a very, very good platform that actually works and is very efficient for, for, um, for, for its customers. So uh, when you've got so much uh, funds under administration, there's a lot of money floating around in Australia. Um, that money needs a home. Um, you really need need a platform that can really support um, that, that functionality. So NetWealth has consistently been rated one of the best in this space. The other thing is that um, it's actually a very well-run business. So it's it's run by a father and son duo. They're co-managing directors. They've got a lot of stock in the business. And if you look at how the, the way they're managing this business, they are really look, managing this company for the long term. So they're making a lot of investments um, into just building out their core advantages, which is um, that technology, which is... Uh, very, very uh, powerful and very efficient. So that's really something that we like a lot. The other thing is when we look at the structural tailwinds, um, the, I did mention there's a lot of funds um, in this space. Those funds are typically moving away from the traditional um, operators into these newer age um, platform providers because they are new companies. They haven't had this um, uh, tech burden from from years gone by. So they've been able to just build a new platform from scratch um, and they're benefiting by taking share away from those larger players. Um, when you look at the, the just the unit economics for a company like NetWealth. It's a very profitable company. It is actually profitable. It's growing at a very steady rate, um, and it is the leading uh, challenger in in, in the space. So when we when we did an analysis of all the the, the different players in the space, um, NetWealth was actually one of the um, leading companies taking share share away from the big banks. So it doesn't have too much share at the moment. I think it's more in the uh, two to three uh, percent market share range. But if it can just continue to grow the way it is. Um, it's got some sig really significant potential for upside going forward. 
It is remarkable, mate. You can take a business or, or a, a function that's been done for years and just do it a little bit differently, a little bit better. As you said, with that new design, I think about coming like Aussie broadband in the telco space, for example, where you wouldn't have thought there was much room left for a disruptor, right? The telco space is super saturated. They're reselling the NBN. And you kind of think to yourself, well, how is it possible that anyone gets a competitive advantage in that space, particularly the little guys? But as you say, that, that idea of just coming from scratch, no legacy assets, no legacy culture, no legacy systems, just kind of saying to yourself, hey, if we're going to start from scratch, what would we build? That's a remarkably powerful force. It does take a bit to get escape velocity, to use the, the vernacular to actually make sure you're not just getting crushed under the weight of the, the big incumbents. But once you do kind of achieve that, all of a sudden you have a lot that's different and better and new that customers tend to love. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And this is the way this, this technology space works, right? You just need to be able to build something that's fit for purpose, build something mm. that um, can serve the need of customers going forward. And um, that can be a very powerful advantage over the, your competitors. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Now, mate, as we always do at The Motley Fool, we always highlight the risks of an investment. No investment thesis is 100% foolproof. Uh, we certainly know that. I've made plenty of mistakes, probably more at The Motley Fool than any other Australian analyst. <laughs> Maybe all of you combined, actually, because I've been around for a while. I've, I've made every book in the, every mistake in the book, hopefully not too many twice. But there are risks with any investment. What are some of the risks when it comes to net wealth as a, as a buy recommendation? Yeah, so you mentioned competitors earlier. That's probably the biggest risk. It's a hotly contested space. Um, there's just so much uh, hanging on the balance that these um, the legacy players are just not going to let it go uh, very easily. So when you look at Commonwealth Bank and Westpac, they are the the larger um, traditional players in the space. Um, Macquarie Bank has been actually been um, taking away uh, market share from some of those larger banks, and it's actually growing at a steady rate um, in this space as well. And um, when you look at some of the newer age independent platforms, um, Hub24 and Premium are some of the other companies that are competing with NetWealth, trying to offer a similar technology that is also quite useful. And um, those are, those companies are actually growing quite well as well. So, so competition is a major risk in this in this space. Um, we've seen pricing pressure on all the players in the space. They're mm. obviously lower, lowering prices to try and entice customers and financial advisors onto their platform. Um, lower pr- prices are good for, for consumers and customers. So um, as a, as a, as a consumer, we're, we're happy about that. From, but from a business perspective, um, it obviously just does mean that um, uh, your profitability is, is likely to, to, to um, decrease over time as companies compete. And then finally, just as we are in an interest rate, low interest rate environment, that has an impact on, on these platform providers because there's a lot of cash that's actually left on the platforms that's waiting to be invested. And um, typically they lend out, um, they invest out that cash and earn the, the, the difference between what they, what the interest they earn on the, on the on that cash and what they pay out to the um, the consumer who's got the cash on there. So that margin just becomes squeezed as as interest rates are lower. Um, but overall, yeah, those are some of the, the major risks we we see when we look at net wealth. Nice, mate. So I'm liking the idea. Um, let's sum it up in a couple of sentences for me. Mate. We've talked a lot about the opportunity, a little bit about the risks, but give me the elevator pitch. Why buy net wealth today? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. The tailwinds are huge. They're just uh, really, really large um, tailwinds. And that tailwind is basically funds that are currently sitting in a legacy platform that will look for a new home in a new age platform that's fit for purpose. And NetWealth is leading the charge in that space. The technology is is really well rated. It's it's one of the highest rated technology platforms in the market. And these are different um, um, agencies and and, 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 uh, that that are actually 
reviewing these platforms and coming up with a rating system. So it's not just the company saying our technology is great. Um, the company is very well run. It's got founder leaders in place. They've got a lot of skin in the game. So they've built this company up from the ground and they're well incentivized to see it grow over time. The company has been growing and it's a very profitable company. So when you've got um, a company that's growing into a large market opportunity, um, it's a profitable company. It's got a profitable business model and it's the number one challenger in the space. Um, if it can continue to take away market share, uh, we, we, we actually think this, this could be a very um, significant winner for us as investors. There you go, fools. Kevin Gandia, our director of research. You can see why he runs the investment team. A smart cookie and a good stock picker to boot. That's net wealth. NWL is the code. Fools, thank you for joining us for our second Motley Fool Stock of the Week. Second in what I hope is a very, very long series. Certainly, if you're enjoying this and the feedback continues to be positive, we hope you'll come back for many, many more. In the meantime, uh, this is produced on both YouTube and our podcast, of course. But if you're on the socials, jump onto Twitter or Instagram. You can follow us on the same handles. At TMF Scott P is mine. The Motley Fool AU is the Motley Fool's Twitter handle and Instagram account. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Gandia. You can jump on Facebook, The Motley Fool Australia or Scott Phillips Money. And of course, look for The Motley Fool on YouTube and The Motley Fool Money podcast on your favorite podcast platform. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week with other stock of the week. In the meantime, fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.